And today, I am joined by Alia Sinistija. Welcome to the show, Alia. Thank and, you. Thank you for having me. And you have many different projects. So tell us, just to start, what your different projects are. Yes, uh, sure. So um, I guess because when I was growing up, my introduction to music was very non-standard. My dad was very much into electronic music and a lot of different electronic music. Um, I haven't discovered metal until I turned 25, <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, but when I was growing up, I studied mostly classical music because that was uh, th that was the thing that you know kids did in Russian music school. Right. They basically studied seven years of classical education. So as a result, my musical tastes are all over the place. And that sort of ties directly into the music that I'm doing, because I have a couple of avant-garde operatic projects, because I'm a trained operatic singer. Hmm. Like my wow. first introduction to music and singing was through choir and through like doing weird operatic stuff at school. Um, I mean, my own kind of music. Um, but I also really like electronic music, and I gravitate towards that, and sometimes I release electronic albums. So um, I guess my main electronic avenue right now is, is a project under my own name, Alias Synesthesia. I released an album on Hedonia uh, a couple of years ago, 
And that's sort of like the most accessible music I guess I'm making at the moment. Other than that, I have a silent film rescoring project where I do operatic weird things to silent horror films. The project <laughs> is called Horror in Opera. And uh, recently, I guess my newfound passion is um, I make music with plants. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> I make music with plants. Um, How do you do that? Well, uh, basically, th there are a couple of devices that got really popular, especially with pandemic. They were promoted more like a new age thing of listen to the music of plants and meditate. But what it actually is, it's just a galvanometer device that measures water pressure between two points of a plant, and the device converts it to MIDI. Hmm. So um, one of the devices that does it, it's called PlantWave, and they kind of hook up their own synthesizer into it, and you get this weird, strange, sound bathy ambient music coming out of a plant, I guess. So that's a little bit of a... Um, I guess that's a bit of like a new agey thing to do that <laughs> yoga people love. And, you know, in yoga studios, they can like use this music. Um, I mean, I don't use proprietary synthesizers, but I still reuse the MIDI and I make weird music from that. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I also record the periodic singing on top of it. So it's kind of like singing with plants and it is pretty weird, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> But I do it mostly because um, to draw attention to the um, to the extinction of arboreal life because a lot of plants, like a lot of species, get endangered, and it's not newsworthy enough for people to you know keep monitoring which plants are endangered and which plants are no longer available, you know, in the in the ecosystem. And I'm right. just kind of trying to preserve you know, the plant stories through making music with plants. And then I kind of add the bioethnography part where I describe what the plant is and how it happened to be and what its development was throughout the history of human use and stuff. Wow. That's really cool. I, I didn't read about that on your webpage. <laughs> I don't keep it very much up to date, but yeah, on social media, I, I do. <laughs> Wow, that, that that's really cool. So, how many releases have you put out with plants? With the plant music, I, I put out one release so far, which is four tracks. I mean, it's very much ambiency experimental. So, like, I usually don't advertise it as a, as you know, the kind of accessible music I do. Like, it depends <laughs> on the audience what I what I tell about myself. Um, yeah, but that project was with the University of Guelph Arboretum. Mm -hmm. So I actually got to go to the Arboretum and interact with plants like cucumber magnolia, which is one of the oldest magnolia species in Canada. Mm. Um, that was pretty cool. Um, my second leg of the same project will be this summer. And for that, I'm actually going to Scandinavian forests. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's going to be pretty exciting. I'm excited for that. Wow.
one of the reasons you're here is because I, for the last year, ever since uh, Russia invaded Ukraine, I've changed my show to play only bands who support Ukraine or who are themselves Ukrainian. I, you know, I came across the compilation you did for Ukraine, but I was also surprised because at the same time I learned that you were Russian. So tell me about how, about you and how you came to do the compilation for Ukraine. Mm -hmm. For sure. So I am actually, I mean, I've never lived in Ukraine myself, uh, but I am, there is part of a family that lives in Ukraine. I just, I just haven't interacted with them because they're from my mother's side and I haven't met them. Right. Um, so technically, I mean, my last name is Ukrainian, but I was born in Siberia. Oh. So I have relatives on both sides. So, and were you born there in Siberia? Yeah, I was born in Yakutsk, which is considered the coldest city on earth. Oh, wow. <laughs> but that's, that's because it's the city. Uh, you know, there are, there are towns that are much, much northern, but this is like the largest city up north, I guess. So, so when you came to Canada, you're like, winter? This isn't winter, this is summer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it is much warmer, but to be honest, I don't love the cold. <laughs> I mean, like in Siberia, when I was little, essentially, like, if you're crying while you go into the kindergarten, like, it's pretty dangerous because your tears will just dry to your eyelashes and, like, there's, like, you know, freeze dry and there's nothing really you can do about it. So the best you can do is just shut up. <laughs> just not to make your situation difficult. <laughs> if there ever was a way to get children in line, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, like, it can get extreme. It can get to minus 60. And then this is where your parents wrap you like a little bear with with everything, you know, on you. And, yeah. You said you were exposed to electronic music from by your father. What... Where was he getting his electronic music from? Yeah, um, I'm actually not sure, but I do remember that like when I was growing up, apparently the first song I ever danced to, according to him, was Tom's Diner by Vega. Um, and yeah, um, because he liked electronic music, he somehow was getting all those tapes, mixtapes. Um, I'm not sure where from, but knowing, you know, good old Russian origins of piracy, probably <laughs> that way, with people just copying tapes from each other all, 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 um, all the time. Um, and he listened to a lot of Yellow as well. Hmm, right. See you, says the man behind the counter. 
the former informer of the secret police is still standing outside the club. Pretending to be blind, he watches the last plane to Miami disappearing in a fading purple sky. Now he knows he has been left behind. interesting uh, but I guess one of the songs that I also include in my playlist is Biofra Haza it's one of the tapes he had and one of the tapes I really appreciated um, because first of all it's kind of a blend of electronic music and the singing that is sort of kind of gets into the territory of Hebrew traditional singing but not quite so Mizrahi music kind of and this is the first time I heard something that unique yeah and uh, yeah, and I was I was really into her Haza and, and her singing, and I guess she influenced me big time. I yeah can't say that I sing in the same style, but I definitely like it definitely influenced me along the way. And my introduction to her was in the early '90s with the Sisters of Mercy, you know, yeah. and, and just going oh like what's this? Wow, this is so cool, different, like and that mix of sort of you know not quite Middle Eastern sound. But something a little different, you know, mixing into sort of, you know, Western rock or goth rock um, is really cool. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Actually, interestingly enough, my first introduction to goth community in Toronto when I was 16 was with the cover of Temple of Love, where, uh, because I said I do operatic vocals, they wanted me to do for Hazard Park. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. And I actually recently did another cover of the same song for a different project. I don't know if this cover is coming out, so I cannot tell who <laughs> um, that was. But yeah, I recorded it again like last year. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow, that's really cool. I, get, I imagine there's no recordings of that earlier one. Uh, no, um, I don't remember what happened with that. <laughs> like, it was a long time ago. Um, all I know is just like, I was 16 year old girl and I never was exposed to goth culture before. Right. And there is this guy saying like, hey, you know, well, if you want to do like operatic singing, probably you won't find anyone in Toronto doing that. But, you know, we can record the, you know, cover on Temple of Love. And I remember seeing this person for the first time and he was much older than me. And I went to his house and I'm like, ooh, I, I get like weird vibes from this. And there's like dogs <laughs> running around and everything's black. And I'm like, I don't know, am I going to get murdered or am I not going to get murdered? <laughs> I, I'm risking here. <laughs> <laughs> 
sounds very much like the first goth club I took my wife to. <laughs> she was just like, where, where have you brought me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can get intimidating before you get to know people in the culture a bit more, but yeah.
the song is called Ava, which means love. And um, as a kid, I guess, um, I wasn't sure how I gel with the song because, um, I don't know, it kind of seemed like this is what a woman would sing about love and it's and it seemed like a little bit like even insulting like why not something else um because it just like lines up into the gender role and then you're like oh. um, but i guess <laughs> over time what i sort of thought about it uh, i thought about it a lot and i i kind of read about ofrahaza's life as well that she was a very um a lot of people describe her as a very selfless and very giving person um, that could also see past people's differences. And uh, I kind of learned to appreciate the song in a different way. You know, it, it doesn't have to be the kind of love where you kind of sacrifice your own interests or, you know, agreeing to disagree to bypass the differences. It could be basically, um, you know, accepting that people can make mistakes and accepting that people can improve, but obviously if they only improve and make mistakes. So this is why I kind of included the song as more like a coming from the acceptance position, but not the kind of acceptance that is, you know, toxic. <laughs> right. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. You immigrated from Irkutsk uh, yeah. to f directly to Toronto or via somewhere else on your way. Uh, first, I lived in Ottawa for a couple of months, but my parents couldn't find jobs there, so Toronto was the next um, target, I guess, yeah. Right. So, and you moved when you were 16? Or... 14. Biggest change, I guess, for me was also musical landscape, because some of the songs that I was really used to from, I guess, here in, in Russia, because, you know, it's it's a lot of very predictable things. You know, Wind of Change is big in Russia because it's about Russia, like the Scorpions. Um, like some classics like Queen and Pink Floyd and all this stuff, uh, right? And here, basically, I came in 2005 and right into this, like, new new metal, um, <laughs> essentially. And I'm like, I, I don't know, I don't understand why songs are not the same, I don't understand why radio doesn't play songs that I know. <laughs> like, yeah, and I'm like, okay, well, who, who's the Green Day? <laughs> Ray Levine? Limpistin? <laughs> okay. We were, sort of got sidetracked there, but so y you put out a compilation um, for Ukraine what made you decide to do what you did? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, when the invasion started, really, um, I was always on the Ukrainian side, but I guess at first I was trying to understand why it's happening. So, you know how there were a lot of kind of, you know, rhetoric or justification of why Russians are not doing much about it? And one of them is like, I can definitely, I definitely started feeling it before I left, is that there is a lot of um, media brainwashing happening. Um, and basically there's a lot of propaganda and somehow, because I guess, because media was so polarized, a lot of Russian people just didn't develop critical thinking skills because there was no access to diverse type of material to, to think about and to read through, right? 
and because also like the life conditions are so dire that people just don't think like because you know thinking and speculating about things is also a little bit of a luxury when your ass is not on fire um <laughs> but i guess over the next month when the you know when the the invasion i guess like when news kept covering the stories i just realized that russian people really you know have this this is a horrible mentality that a lot of people developed after the collapse of soviet union that's kind of like if it doesn't concern me i don't care so it's like a lot of people can live like that and basically just only look as far as their doorstep right and just not concern themselves with anything because like all politicians are crap don't vote we don't care about anything we just care what immediately happened to us tomorrow and uh and this is where I kind of started feeling very bad because I definitely felt the beginning of it, you know, growing up and then sentiments that, you know, maybe my grandpas or grandmas uttered, you know, something like, you know, oh, everyone in politics is corrupt. Just don't worry about it. Kind of just live your life. Um, and like, yeah, because I felt sort of very bad kind of thinking even how this developed into a mentality that people have now. Um, I wanted to be helpful, so that's where I pulled pretty much compilation from all my works from different projects, like there's 20-something tracks, and this is, um, this is basically the material I offered uh, in support of Ukrainian-Canadian organization that then donated money to Ukraine. Um, so um, I guess because also the early days of the invasion, a lot of people in my work contributed to the compilation as well and you know almost six hundred dollars got donated in the end so that was uh, like a successful experiment right um, i mean i wish i could give more and sometimes like i have a i have ukrainian friends that you know also say like oh don't donate to organizations what we need to do is like gather together donations for like uh, first aid kits and send them ourselves because we can't trust organizations i mean I understand that some people could be also skeptical, but I'm, I guess I'm not that hardcore yet that I can gather donations myself and all. I'm just I'm just doing basically my part. I'm trying my best. Right, right. Well, you, you donated to the Canada Ukraine Foundation, which is I they have uh, I get because I also donated to them. Uh, <laughs> I, I get the, the, their newsletter right, and their newsletter details quite clearly what they're spending their money on, um, and I think. Uh, of all the organizations they're probably in my opinion i mean there's also like i donate directly to ukrainian organizations but the the cuf is probably one of the best ones if you're just gonna pick like i made the mistake of donating early on to the red cross and uh they haven't stopped sending me mail trying to get more money but completely ignorant of the fact that I donated to Ukraine. So they're sending me like requests for money for other things, but then also like trinkets, like pens and envelopes. And I'm like, what? Like, why are you spending the money that I sent you to send me marketing shit? Like, yeah, that's not why I gave you the money. As opposed yeah. to like getting a newsletter, which is just like a printout saying, okay, here, like, so they spent $2 to make a printout to send it to me. Okay, that, that fits with my contribution. <laughs> yeah, well, early on, to be honest, because I have Ukrainian friends, a lot of them on my feed, you know, I, I sort of, I sort of learned where not to donate because they were right. really about it. So, right. Um, also, just to address what you were saying, I know, I'm sorry, I'm jumping around here like crazy. Um <laughs> 
<laughs> what you were saying about people uh, not uh, like thinking the government is corrupt and just really thinking about, you know, what's going to happen to them tomorrow and only thinking about themselves. I don't think that's just Russia. I think that's here, too. Um, because I have family and friends who would like, I was like, I'm ready to go fight in Ukraine. Let's go. <laughs> and, you know, and that's like other people are like, oh, no, like, I can't do that. Uh, and it became this thing. It was like, what do you do if your neighbor's house is on fire? Do you stand there and watch it burn? And the thing is, I think most people, that's what they would do. You know, well, I want to. I want to believe that <laughs> that it's much better here than in Russia. It is. We, Russia, we, I mean, we, we don't have as much vodka. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of funny and not funny at the same time. Uh, my grandmother's house did burn once, and this is exactly what the neighbors did. They didn't do anything. <laughs> um, but yes, that's awful. Uh, I'm really sorry to hear that. <laughs> that's okay. It's just yeah. It's just this weird anecdote that happens to be true. Um, but yeah, I want to, I kind of want to believe that, you know, in, in goodness of people in right. the long run. And yeah. So do you think that like having uh, growing up in Russia and then coming here, did you notice that things were different in what you were learning? Um, yes. Um, but I guess most valuable things that I've really learned were already when I was like my university age, because mm -hmm. um, coming from Russia and especially that like there is a, so much emphasis on like education there. Um, like, and I was also going to a gymnasium school where they just load you with subjects and see how you crack under pressure if you do. Right. So um, I was just, very much used to different kind of learning and different kind of learning discipline. Um, when I came here, um, I actually, I, I didn't finish high school, but <laughs> I have three university degrees. <laughs> uh, and that's mostly because the social uh, fabric is very different. In Russia, you learn with the same people for 10 years. Right. And, like from year after year, you see the same people. And I guess like, even if you don't like them, you can't do anything about it, right? And here, because, uh, you know, in school, every semester you take classes with new people, I just couldn't deal because I couldn't make any friends at first. Right. Um, yeah. But also, I guess um, it is a university where a lot of like toxic upbringing got really contested. Mm. Because, uh, like in Russia, obviously everyone is like laughing at the feminism because also the society is very misogynist and right. uh, it's yeah, it's like oh yeah, this weird Western whimsy that you know. Yeah, that you don't beat your wife. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's the sure. one that really got me a lot. That when Putin said it was okay to beat your wife, it's a it's a <laughs> cultural tradition, and it's like what. That's... Authority. <laughs> Authority on my beauty is very good. <laughs> yeah. But I'm kind of glad that like here in university, I guess, a lot of those like toxic beliefs got contested in a in a very kind way as well, because I had just fantastic teachers that you know. So um there's this project that I've collaborated on with databats. So it's the databats in Subterranea which is one of my projects. Uh, and the track is called Regrow. 
um, so this is what I wanted also to include. Um, we we created this collaboration project project technically uh, inspired, well, partially I guess inspired by the dystopian consequences of pandemic a little bit, and we mm-hmm. wanted to imagine um, basically a world that would be kind of like a blown up picture of a prepatch after the reactor. Um, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. So in uh, '86, there was a Chernobyl reactor yeah. Uh, up, and yeah, we were kind of trying to imagine the world. What would it be like without essentially humans involved in it? If the entire yeah. world would be prepared, and you know how you know how would the the nature evolve without humans essentially? Um, so the project, uh, the album is called "My World Without You." And that's largely written from the perspective of like non-humans, so from animals, from plants. Um, I mean, obviously, we have limited capacity <laughs> in being able to know how it is to be a plant. Um, but the idea was just to imagine it. And the track regrow is, um, the, yeah, well, every track is essentially collaboration from from both of us, from the data bats and me. And uh, regrow was about plant point of view, I guess. Right. Um, because a lot of images of Pripyat, um, like basically the drone, if you see the drone footage of what's happening with the place, it just starts overgrowing with all kind of different yeah. plants and like wild species returning to it. Um, yeah, so that was, uh, I guess, the, the, the idea behind the track. Right.
so Nature's Revenge, uh, it's my first introduction to Skinny Puppy, interestingly enough, um, the Too Dark Park album. And I really like the song musically, as well as from the standpoint of a theme. Um, because uh, I guess, I mean, they, they made a lot of music that is sort of the kind of an intersection of criticism and um and just danceable tunes, right? But right. Uh, I kind of like the angle on that one because it's nature's revenge, and this is what we're kind of not thinking about when we're thinking about revenge. So yeah, so I really like that song.
Yeah, uh, another track that I wanted to include is called Dark New World by Beast in Black. This is a little bit of a deviation because it's technically it's it's a very strange blend of like classic metal sound and 90s electronica. <laughs> it's one of those new metal bands, but well, not new metal, but new metal bands that blend electronica and metal, I guess, which is pretty remarkable. Um, it's from the album Dark Connection and um, the album itself is sort of dedicated a bit to cyberpunk. Um, oh, nice. reason I chose the song is because Dark New World sort of we can all relate especially like with the aggression towards Ukraine and with the just like post-capitalist realities and everything's collapsing because it it felt to me like when the pandemic began it's just like this veil of normalcy just like completely got ruined you know it's like no one's pretending to be okay anymore <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's funny because I love the pandemic. Um, I love it too. But it's like before people would tell you that they're doing well, now everyone's just complaining. Like, <laughs> like yeah, we never, we never done well. Everything was shit always. And now we, we, reached, <laughs> we reached the boiling point. Hmm. I never thought about it like that. Because it's... before I even noticed, like, I my on my previous job, right? everyone was so enthusiastic and everyone's like yeah yes work yes productivity and like you could see how during the pandemic everything just kind of like this attitude dissipated and now everyone's angry no one wants to work you know (laughs) 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 but the point is i think it was always like that it's just before there was more pressure to put up this this facade that everything is going okay and now you know that nothing is right
the next song Braje by uh, Andrzej Preda. Yeah, so it's a Ukrainian song and um, technically the song, like what's interesting about it is that technically the first time I even heard about it is when um, when already war was go going, Russia was trying to use some of the shots from this music video uh, to promote Immigrate to Russia program. But the music video was Ukrainian and they technically very shamelessly took a lot of video footage from Ukrainian movie clips, from like Ukrainian advertising, which was, uh, yeah, I don't know, just a bad tone. Uh, the song itself is called Vraže, meaning enemy. And uh, basically, it's a Ukrainian song, it is in Ukrainian, and I feel like it is probably directed towards Russians. So, like the lyrics of the song is meaning that uh, basically you'll get what you deserve as the witch tells you so. So I guess it has like a little bit of that folk mysticism angle as well. Um, yeah, that's the reason for including that song. Nice. And I, it's fantastic because you're playing a whole bunch of, you're playing a couple of Ukrainian bands I haven't yet come across in all my searches. Um, so thank you. Oh, nice. All right. Well, yeah, I guess learning something new all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So another song that I have on the list is Nidla um, Pradajo by Ruslana. So Ruslana, like a Ukrainian, uh, she was participating in Ukrainian Eurovision 2003, and she was the winner uh, with, uh, with the song Wild Dances. This is the first time I ever discovered her because this this was, I think, one of the first Eurovisions I paid attention to as a kid. I was like 13. And um, ever since, Ruslana was like, she really, really heavily influenced my, um, my instrument choices and my music because it's kind of like a folk singing with a lot of emphasis on drum sounds. Right. Um, and I mean, ever since I picked up drums and I really enjoy hand drumming, uh, taiko drumming. Um, and uh, yeah, so um, I think that I have to think, uh, thank you, Roslana, for like really introducing me to that style of music. Wow. Yeah. Um, the, the song that I've included is from the album Amazonka, which is the Amazon. And the song itself, it basically is about how not all things are for sale. Right. Um, yeah, and it's a, it's a Ukrainian song, so it's sang in Ukrainian. Another song I included is All is Full of Love by Bjork. Um, I mean, it's one of my favorite songs um, because I guess it's like so gentle and it's kind of like so accepting that, you know, some of the lyrics are you'll be taken care of, maybe not from these sources, but basically love is all around you. And in a way that, you know, especially living in like a post-capitalist, like late capitalist society, you know, starting to just appreciate things, you know, like natural resources, forests, just like what the life gives becomes very important because otherwise it's really easy to get yourself into like this complete depressed state when nothing really matters anymore. <laughs> Um, 
скаже, так як відьма скаже, скільки святу землю впало зерен жита, стільки разів буде тебе враже вбито, стільки враже півень в ночі кукуріка, стільки днів у тебе доживати віка.
Падіння цін, божий вільний сезон, то за склом вітрин розчинився закон, і це обираєш ти, обирають тебе, продається все, все в цьому світі, але не для розпродажу серця.
tell us about Alia Synesthesia. Yeah, so that project is basically more of the accessible stuff I do, and that's supposed to serve as an outlet for me to make, like I always gravitated towards danceable music or like electronic, dark electronic music that is a bit less on the avant-garde side. But surprisingly, um, I think I am just better at making weird music than accessible music. <laughs> and Alice Synesthesia Project was really trying to kind of pour the, the inspiration that goes into making something more conventional and something more like danceable. So yeah, that's that's the project. Um, like my first record under this name, and the only one so far, it's called Anhedonia, and uh, it's technically about um, the cult of productivity and um, you know, sort of losing yourself to to the routine and grind and kind of bypassing your own emotional needs and kind of becoming numb. Another song is Is That Your Uniform by Ashbury Heights and it has a unicorn on it, which is like I made so many I made so much fun of Anders, who is Ashbury Heights actually, for putting the unicorn <laughs> on the cover. <laughs> because like every time I come up with puns on this song and I just send it to him and he's like, Stop it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean uh, the song came out during the invasion, and um, as far as I know, it was partially inspired by it. I don't know to which degree, um, and I, I mean, I haven't found any information about it, to be honest, online in any articles. I right. just happened to be there before the song was released, so I, <laughs> so I know about this. Um, uh, but yeah, technically, is that your uniform? And, you know, even even without this extra information, the song came out during the invasion and during the war and partially affected by it, I think. Right. Yeah. Very nice.
Another song that I guess this is a, this is a Russian song um, by Igil, uh, "You're Born," um, which is uh, well. First of all, like I haven't actually Googled them to see what their sentiments were about Ukraine, but they were shared by 
um, one of my Ukrainian friends who is very much in filtering out the, the you know the Russian propaganda content and calling people out on on their bullshit. Um, so I kind of trust him that he pre-filtered the band already because for him this question is very very important. Right. Um, yeah, and uh, this is what yeah he he really got excited by this band so he started sharing them with me like the songs and it's i think it's the first kind of russian band that goes into like critiquing the environment and i mean they still do it like through metaphors obviously because they can't you know they can't just say that oh yeah our government's horrible but um they go pretty deep with that and you're born like the music video is also pretty much criticizing the 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 russian life in a way um so i include them right nice so i think we're getting close to the end here of the interview um where can people go learn everything they want to about you and all your projects Yeah, um, next things get a bit more conventional, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Resonate by Torol. It's just one of the songs that um, really had this right combination of kind of nostalgia and the dark and slight darkness for me. That's sort of bittersweet. Yeah. Uh, and I like Torol for a while. Oh, all right, so um, then there is Fire Thing. This is just a song that I really like. <laughs> Um, because it's sort of dark and it's by Gadrangat. I'd never heard it before. Very interesting. It's, it's a little dark, but I think it's, it's uncomfortable in a good way. (laughs) It has nothing to do with Ukraine, but just a good song. (laughs) That's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah, and uh, Resist Got Suppressed is by Naoko Tafuchi, and uh, this is a German-Japanese artist. And I actually, um, I performed with him as a part of attrition in Tokyo. Hmm. And uh, yeah, um, a very interesting person, a very interesting artist. And uh, yeah, that, just really good music. I really enjoyed his set. That's wow. included. Very nice. So I think we're getting close to the end here of the interview. Um, Where can people go learn everything they want to about you and all your projects? Well, probably social media would be the best place now because uh, as we already figured, like as we already discussed, (laughs) I don't update my site. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I don't post very often, which is a bonus because if people don't want to get spam from me, that's a good way, you know, just like, like the page, I don't post when I don't have to. I don't like posting social media. But the general overview about all my projects, you can get from there. Like whenever I go somewhere, I usually say, like, hey, I'm flying to Scandinavia to do my plant project. Um, and uh, they can find me like on both Facebook and Instagram. It's Alias Anesthesia. So if they can spell it, they can find it. Yeah, I'll, and I'll put it in the show notes. So if anybody's wondering how that's spelled, it's, you know, they can see it at djmoose.ca or gothicmoose.com. Awesome. Thank you. Um, 
so we can see or in the Facebook post, etc., etc. Um so and do you have anything upcoming? Any projects do I upcoming? Have anything upcoming. Uh well, currently I guess I'm rapidly finishing my Kickstarter project for horror and opera. So filming the basically doing the silent film score for Nasferatu. That will be released October 2023. So, and uh, before that, um, there is my planned project that will be done over the summer. So that's that's the only two things I really have upcoming. Um, I might try squeezing some touring, but probably not very realistic because there's just a lot of going on. And right now, I'm I'm only basically delivering projects for now. Right. Um, well, I- Actually, which brings me up to another question. You said you toured, you were in, playing with attrition in Japan. Yeah. Um, how did that come about? Um, well, I toured with attrition since 2017, technically. Um, so first we went to Hawaii and then New Zealand and then Japan. But basically, uh, I am Martin's international singer so basically i go to weird destinations um yeah and uh he used to have a singer in uk as well to do european shows um but as far as i know um right now i also will be doing european shows if he has any lined up um but yeah it's it's not it's not decided yet it's not clear and there is some show works like he's working on building up couple of tours but i don't know much about it yet so can't really promise anything that, but that, that must be quite an experience to be playing with attrition as well yeah absolutely um yeah it's i mean it's always very fun and like i like touring with martin he's very funny and very british <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and how did that come about how did you become the singer for attrition um, at some point, he was supposed to be playing show in Toronto. Um, I think there was a mini tour, actually, that he was doing Toronto show and I think maybe Montreal show. Um, and uh, originally, I sort of, I was working with Ryan Clark, so we were co-promoting the, the shows. The, oh, right. The, the Toronto show, yeah. Uh, but then uh, Martin was supposed to be traveling with his singer, but um, she basically couldn't make it ac- across the border. So he basically contacted me last minute if I want to fill in. Um, and that's how it all started. And then, then basically, whenever there would be some weird destination, he just would ask me if I want to do it. And I <laughs> did. And then we would go and play in New Zealand and then in Tokyo. And Tokyo was pretty amazing. I mean... Usually, it's like either very small bands go to Tokyo or very, very large because like there is no middle ground. <laughs> but it, it was definitely an experience. Like crowds are amazing and people are very into music and everyone buys merch. So that was pretty awesome. Wow. Have you have you toured anywhere else or with other bands aside from Attrition? Mm, no, Attrition is the only band that I tour with. Sometimes I bring my projects also with me. So basically it's like it's at least two acts and three people kind of deal so right um yeah but uh yeah probably not gonna be doing any shows with my solo this year because i'm just not really ready <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs>
visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. The hook gon' be what it is, the hands off. The retribution for what you took from the man got blood on the rust. God bless the red earth. The dead man walks the tongue bridge, a bridge, the time space, the boot, the concrete, the project undone. They juke it. Major look, you can't see it. The mob built the walls, the streets bleed sweet. Syrup, the bees love it. They coming on a swarm and they raining on your college ass disco. Get your collar turned up in your freshest attire. Get your bitch womb ready, cause this baby gon' be fire. It's not a dream, it's a memory. Memory glands heavy in the sky, blacked out already. Stop screaming, the flames ain't shit to a demon. Say the name. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Gonna be the last thing she remember The fast lane in December Often drift when she drive College girl looking for the love Learned about it in a book But she always kept the gloves on So when the skin touch Shit, head rush Red blush, lipstick She just crush a lot and Every pun pales a comparison A joke to a jester She inundated with dick and becoming conservative in the fucking and nervous that she would rush him, but murder wasn't discussing. The further she learned to trust him, the merger of love and lust, and she's serving it all up just cause he hold her when he was bust. Until nine months later, with a stomach full of devil, baby. She started to think it's time to pump the brakes, but that train left the station with the great migration. Bloody tracks left right by the drain. Say the name. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned. Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned candlesticks in the dark visions of bodies being burned candlesticks in the dark visions of bodies being burned candlesticks in the dark visions of bodies being burned candlesticks in the dark visions of bodies being burned candlesticks in the dark visions of bodies being burned can you say it again can you say it again can you look into the mirror and then say it again can you say it again can you say it again can you say the name say the name Say it, the hook gon' be the coldest pimp slap Coat rack for man's skin, let it air dry Swiss cheese, the brother already half dead Brain leaking out a hole in his forehead Lobotomies like pills, get them for cheap The party line crack kills, they tryna see But this one more a hairline fracture Leave the face painted a mask for the hereafter After the smoke clears and the highs come down And the halogen hallucinations don't make a sound Just a bunch of scared junkies not making the call And a Guernica and blood on the wall Say the name Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned
this episode of the gothic moves thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it and just a quick thank you also to everybody who listens to the show every week on crackradio.com at 8 p.m on fridays and to everybody else who listens to this show every week um on mixcloud hear this apple google amazon whoever um on saturday mornings 